everybody, welcome back. Today on the show, I have Abby Herman from The Content Experiment. I'm really excited because Abby is a content marketing expert, and we talk about creating a minimum viable content marketing strategy. What do you need to have? What is, if you have limited time, what should you be doing? So first we talk about in this episode how we determine what our audience really wants from us and find out where they're hanging out online, like how, how you should do it, like where should you be promoting your podcast and what should you be talking about? I also am going to talk to Abby about what are the essential content pieces that every business needs, like any brick and mortar business, online business, whatever. What are the essential pieces you need? We're going to talk about how to minimize your content production time and also maximize your time and results. And then I want to close out with the big things that most business owners forget when they're creating their marketing strategy. And Abby has a wonderful Ask Your Audience challenge that she shared with us. I'm going to do it too, so I'd love for you to join me. And you can find out more about this challenge at thecontentexperiment.com slash strategy. And of course, all the links will be in the show notes. This is going to be a lovely conversation. And without further ado, let's welcome on Abby. Hey, Abby, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Good, good, good. Yeah, I'm like... Like we were just chatting before and I've introduced you to everyone that's listening, but I kind of, I I like having other marketing strategy people on the podcast. I talk a lot about marketing strategy. I talk a lot about content creation and content planning and all that sort of stuff, but I know I'm not the expert. I mean, I was like a musician that learned audio engineering and then started a business and then got into podcasting. And I've kind of learned all the marketing stuff by doing it. Mm-hmm. So I love having people on the show that probably have different opinions than me. And, and I want to share those because um, I certainly don't know everything. But maybe if you could tell us wh- who you are, how you got into this, what what's your story so that we know who we're talking to. Well, I'll tell you the the short version of the story because I'm old. Um, it's kind of roundabout, but I I actually went to school for public relations, and I did that for about five years before I just became completely disenchanted with just the whole um, PR space. And this was back in the '90s, in the late '90s. Um, I eventually went back to school to become a teacher. I taught for 13 years. So I'm definitely like, if you're adding up the years here, um, I started doing freelance writing as a teacher and a single mom in 2007, just kind of as a way to make some extra money because teachers do not get paid enough. Mm-hmm. Then they still yeah. don't get paid enough today, um, especially with all of the stuff going on in the world. But um, so I started doing freelance writing. Um, I was working for a company in 2000. I think it was about 2009 that I started working for this company that was um, producing small business and school websites. And I learned about this whole thing called online marketing doing that. I worked for them for a really long time. I ended up leaving teaching in 2013 to grow my business full-time. So I've been doing this for, um, gosh, almost nine years now full-time. And Along the way, I have transitioned from freelance writing to content, you know, being a copywriter to content creation. And I ended up where I am right now because I started seeing that business owners would ask um, my would ask me to create this email sequence or write the copy for this page on their website or write these blogs. 
And there was no strategy behind it. There was no reason for why they were creating that particular piece of, of content or copy. And it was great to get paid to do, <laughs> to do the writing, but it started to feel really icky because I knew that that was not really what they needed. I knew that that email sequence or that web page or whatever was not going to perform the way they wanted it to because there was no strategy behind it. It was just content for the sake of creating content um, with no rhyme or reason behind it. And so in 2016, 2017, I shifted my business to um, content creation with a strategy, the marketing strategy behind it. Um, and that is the only way I work with clients now is, you know, we create the strategy together or I create it for, create it for them. Um, and then, you know, and then we also do content creation for clients. Cool. And, you know, that that's really why I wanted to talk to you because I mean, as you know, and we've talked about the, the people that are listening to us today are mostly either podcasters that are doing it themselves, or they are people who are interested in starting a podcast. Maybe they're businesses that are interested in starting a podcast. So I tend to talk a lot on here about, well, how do you figure out what to podcast about? And uh, like when I help someone get started, we take them through a process of figuring out like, what are they passionate about? What really moves them and kind of in their business or what are they thinking about? What what type of problems do they solve all the time before we even decide, okay, what is this podcast about? Let's tell people about that and then let's help them right away. So like generally in the first few episodes, I've got people answering the highest value questions that they answer all the time or the pain points that they see all the time, that type of thing. And, but, but then I say, you know, get started like that, but then listen to your audience. So I take them through a process of, you know, ask your audience questions, get feedback and things like that. And that, that tends to be how, um, I push people in the podcasting space to figure out what their content should be about. But I want to get your opinion and your ideas on like, how do we really know, especially in the podcast space where they can't comment easily and they can't talk back really easily. How do we know what our audience really wants from us as a podcaster, uh, as a business? And, and how do we figure out how to deliver that to them and get that to them? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I totally agree with you that knowing what your passion is uh, and the problems that you solve is really important to understand what content you should create. And another thing I would add on to that, in addition to talking to your audience is what are your goals? What are the things that you are wanting to draw attention to in your business? What are you launching? What's coming up down the road? Not like, you know, what you're launching next week, because you need to have some sort of runway <laughs> where right. your audience gets informed of, you know, what you're doing and what your expertise is. So think about what your goals are, but then yes, talk to your audience. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do that through, you know, your emails that you're hopefully sending on a regular basis and asking for responses, talking to them on social media. But the way that I have found um, to be most effective is by actually doing a survey, a, a survey of your audience. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with the book, They Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. I, I um, not know. It is a fantastic book. It completely changed the way I think about marketing and content strategy um, because you literally are answering your audience's questions mm -hmm. in, your, um, in your content and whatever you're putting it out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
So I actually developed a, a, a challenge, a five-day challenge just to teach people how to create that survey, what questions to ask, who you should be asking, where you should ask them, how to ask them so that you can gather all of the information that you need to create your strategy. So I recommend not serving your entire audience. Mm -hmm. You want to pick and choose. So I I always joke, uh, my big joke is um, your email list. You have no idea who all is on your email list, or maybe you do. And they're not all ideal clients or customers for you. My parents are on my email list. My parents are in their mid seventies. They are not my ideal clients. However, they will respond to my emails and tell me when there's a typo or to ask me, why did you share that piece of information? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're not going to buy from me. I don't care what they have to say, um, you know, to a point, but you want to pick and choose the people who have bought from you in the past, who you have a relationship with already, um, and who, you know, would be a really good fit for whatever you're selling. Not we're not asking random um, random people, or we're not mm-hmm. doing it in a way that's going to be really salesy. But yeah, be yeah. really really um, aware of who you are serving, and then ask them what their pain points are. What are they struggling with? You know, mm-hmm. in whatever arena you are um, providing a service, uh, what are they struggling with? What are the questions that they're asking? And then you can take that and build out your content strategy. You can build out this never-ending list of content ideas from from that. I I love this, and it's a little bit behind the scenes for those of you that know me, those of you that actually may be on my email list, uh, you may have seen me do this, um, and. Maybe I need to do an episode where like I do your challenge and give the results or something like that. But we did actually when we really started to concentrate on growing our email list through you know, Facebook ads and things like that. Before we did that, before we created those ads, before we created some of the content, we surveyed the people who were on the email list. We figured out, you know, had they started a podcast? Were they current podcasters? Did they what held them back from podcasting? What were the hurdles that they had to face um, to get through? And we use that to inform us more about who the audience was. Um, so much so that, you know, I was talking about some of the website stuff that we're doing now, redoing it. We are going to incorporate a survey a quiz really at the entrance to our website to find out right away because Emerald City Productions is an agency that tends to help businesses or, or clients that can afford, you know, $600, $1,200 a month to have help producing their podcast to find out, okay, are you at the site because you're that type of person that is ready and needs podcast production help or someone to help you launch? Or are you looking more for what I do on my podcast or what I do with some of the courses that I have and things like that to really figure out where people need to be and get them to the right part of the site immediately? get them in and get them to the, you know figure out what they actually need and and where they are like you know do it like a quiz where it's they know where they're at in their journey as a podcaster by the time they complete the quiz. So mm-hmm. I love that because listening I think is really important um, to your audience. So once you've surveyed them and you have an idea of who your audience is and and what they need, what are some of the you know, you, you can talk podcasts, you can talk stuff that's on your website, you can talk wherever, but what are some of the essential content, pieces of content that anyone, online business, brick and mortar, whatever needs to have? 
So I like to call this minimum viable content marketing because I think that people get really overwhelmed with they have to do all of the things and they have to be in all of the places. And there's not enough time in the day for one. (laughs) Yeah. There's not enough time in the day. And I think when you're creating, when you're creating content and putting it somewhere, you feel compelled to scroll and we don't have time to scroll either. So the essential pieces that I think every business needs and quote unquote should have, even though I think should is like a bad word these days, but Mm -hmm. But I really feel like everybody needs to have these. Everyone should have an opt-in because if you are where you are attracting people to your own um, email list, because social media is not a place to, um, it it is a place where you can interact with your Mm -hmm. audience, but we all know that it can go away. It can break for a couple of days and we've seen the panic spiral when that happens. So everybody should have an opt-in of some sort, something that's of high value, a challenge, a workbook of some sort, a mini course, something that's going to give your audience a win. Um, From that opt-in, there should be a welcome sequence of some sort. So welcome people to your list, give them additional value, make sure they know who you are, where to follow you, all of that. Mm -hmm. And then from there, nurturing emails. So every time you have a podcast episode that goes live, um, email your audience to let them know that it's there so that yes, we can see it in our podcast app. But sometimes, I mean, I actually counted uh, the other day, I had, I think 11 new episodes of people who of podcasts that I follow drop in one day. So that's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I see an email that gives me additional value that from someone who I respect and who I know, I'm go- more likely to go listen to their episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are all kind of email related. And then of course there's pillar content. And I think I've heard you talk about pillar content in a different way, but what I, what I consider pillar content is the content that you own. So if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a podcast and that's Mm -hmm. your pillar content. That's your main marketing tool that you use. Um, but a pillar pillar content could also be a blog post. It could be a YouTube channel, even though we don't technically own what's on YouTube. Um, it's still, it's a, um, it's a search engine. And so it's a really powerful place to be, but your pillar content, would be your podcast, your blog, or your um, YouTube channel. So everyone should have one piece, one place where they're creating pillar, original pillar content. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of like the, the big essential pieces. Okay. I noticed I did not say social media. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> social well, yeah, media I... is valuable and it's, and it's helpful, but it's not, I don't think it's necessarily essential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, we, we talk I've had several people on here. Bob Gentle was one of them. Um, I'm very active in Mike Kim's uh, personal brand space as well, where we talk about in content creation, you've got your short-term investments, your mid-term investments, and your long-term investments. And I think what you're saying, the pillar stuff is really your your long-term investment. It's your body of work. It shows that you're an expert. It's, It's the... 100 YouTube videos, it's the 100 episodes of your podcast, it's it's the 50 blog articles that show, oh, this person's an expert. This mm-hmm. person actually knows what they're doing and you can trust them. You can maybe see some social proof, you can see some testimonials, but if someone writes 50 articles, they're probably an expert in something or they're an authority or they at least have some strong opinions um, about something. Whereas the social media is more that short term, like some people are going to see it 
but then it goes away. <clears throat> it's mm-hmm. gone. And you can use social media to relaunch or re-promote old episodes of your podcast, things like that. But it's more of a tool, right? Than yes. the actual work that you're doing. Um, so that's helpful to, I think that that aligns with a lot of the stuff that we talk about in here. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you really put out there that like, if you can focus in on those four things, you have a mechanism, right? For once people get in and then they can really enjoy what you're doing. Um, and there's also, if I, if I could just interject here too. So there's also, because of course we need to get people to our podcast. We need to get people to the opt-ins and that's where two things that I think a lot of people forget, uh, you know, forget to do, which is if you're on social media, engaging with other people's content, there, engaging with, Mm -hmm. um, comments that people have made on your content. And then the most powerful strategy of all is what I'm doing right now here is you're on other people's podcasts. You're leveraging other people's audiences. So people who are listening, probably a lot of them probably had no idea who I was until today. Now they're hearing me. Um, So find yourself, get yourself on other people's podcasts or in other in front of other people's audiences, um, Mm -hmm. doing trainings and people's Facebook groups or masterminds, you know, speaking on stages, things like that. That's how you're going to get people over to, and you're kind of smiling. So I'm assuming you're, you say the same thing to your, Mm. your people. I I call it borrowing audiences. Like you, you as an expert, go to another expert. And once that expert endorses you by saying, come on my show, come on this, then their audience trusts you that it's that, that element of trust, that element of proof that, this is legitimate. Um, cause I've talked on here too about, I, th- I think I even said it in the email that you said, reply to the email that you sent me. I said, thank you for actually paying attention to what I talk about in your pitch. Like, thank you for taking some time to actually understand what my show is about because so many of us that have podcasts and things like that, we're getting multiple pitches a week where they don't even get our name right. Sometimes no. <laughs> I just want to be like, okay, those people go to the black hole yeah. of spam and I, I never even respond. So, um, yeah. but you, you mentioned when you're talking about your essential pieces that you think every business should have that partly you want to focus on those because of time, because we're all busy you know, especially small businesses, they probably don't even have a marketing person. They're trying to figure it out themselves. That's why they're listening to your podcast. That's why they're listening to my podcast. Um, How do we minimize the amount of production that we have to do to create content to maximize the amount of time that we have for it and and the results that we're going to get out of it? Mostly, I think that's just around building systems, figuring out what's what works for you, um, what your schedule looks like, how you can block your time, and then creating systems around it. So one of the things that I do that um, has just shaved so much time off of the whole production of my own podcast is... I create everything in one document. Everything goes in one document from the um, embed code and the title and the keywords and the meta description and the show notes and all of the links and everything. And then I also include the all of the social media promotion for the uh, podcast itself and the additional social media promotion that I'm doing on other things at the time. It all goes in one document. And to be totally honest, I... <laughs> 
uh, I don't know if I should admit this to you, but I'm going to, um, I actually script all of my solo episodes. Okay. So I actually write my script in there too. And we use that as a transcript that goes on the website. Um, you know, everything goes together. And then when my assistant is, uh, loading everything to the website, and if you're doing this yourself, it's because I've done it myself too. When I record my episode the night before it goes live, um, <laughs> I will, I like, it's just so much easier to copy and paste things. Yeah. The email, by the way, the email goes in there also for the week, um, put everything in one spot so that you're not having to hunt around for things. And then I store all of my, um, all of my links and my show notes links and, uh, graphics and all of that. I store all of that. I've been storing it in Airtable, but we're transitioning over to uh, putting it all into ClickUp because that's where we manage the process anyway. Um, so yeah, like just figure out what works for you. And then if you can batch, uh, if you can batch produce, then batch it. So record mm -hmm. several episodes at once, especially if you're doing solo episodes, have a whole week where all you do is... Um, where all you do is interviews. If you have an interview based podcast, uh, and then really try to batch things. But it, again, it's all, it's all up to the individual and how mm -hmm. they work and how their brain processes the information, um, and how much interview time you can actually spend before you, uh, fry your brain. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. And, and it's really good because you basically just described how we operate our business, Emerald mm. City Productions. Um, maybe I need to do an, an episode on that and say, hey, this is how a team of eight people produce 30 episodes a week, like that type mm -hmm. of thing. And it, it really is exactly the same thing that like you were describing that an individual or a team of two or a small business of three people, uh, like a bakery or something like that could do is just having everything in one place, having some sort of project management tool to manage it and then batching your time. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm glad to, that you, you brought all of these things together. Um, we also talk a little bit about repurposing a lot. Yes. Like part of the reason I love having a podcast and I think podcasts are the best form of content to create is that they're long form and you can transcribe them. You can create social media posts from them. You can pull quotes, you can clip videos, you can, you know, edit a 50 minute episode down into a five minute YouTube video of highlights and things like that, just by having a video editor that you've hired off of Fiverr or something like that, do it every week and pull five or six interesting quotes or something and put them together. So there's, there's all these ways to save time. And, and I want people to hear that because yes, it's hard work. It's hard mm -hmm. work to create content, but there are ways to streamline it. Yes. Um, so what do most of us, you know, I'm, I count myself a business owner who's trying to create content and trying to run a business and manage a team and all those types of things. What do we tend to forget when creating a marketing strategy? To talk to your audience, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> to go, just to go back to that. We forget to talk to our audience. We forget to um, really find out what it is they need and again, leveraging other people's audiences, getting in. I think we're so focused on because I feel like it's been kind of shoved down our throats, create content, create content, put content out there, put yourself out there. Yeah. And so much so that we forget that, um, it, you know, we forget that we need to be engaging with other people. It's not just about pushing things out there. It's about developing relationships with people. 
So um, a while back, there were a couple of podcasts that were kind of like dream podcasts for me that I really wanted to be on. And I knew that neither one of the podcast hosts uh, accepted pitches. So Mm -hmm. I took the time to uh, follow them on Instagram, start engaging with them in direct messages, developed a relationship with them, found a common connection with them. Mm -hmm. One of them, it was um, our daughters were the same age and we both were single moms. And the other one, it was health and fitness related connection. But I just started commenting on anything that was related and developed a relationship. And I was able to be on both of those podcasts. So it's a long game. It's not just about publishing content and putting content out there. It's about having developing relationships. And I think that that's yeah, something that we we often forget um, that we forget to do. So it comes back to really giving giving people things, giving people value. Mm -hmm. Um, What you just suggested with those podcasters, it's very similar to, like I tell consultants, there's a company you want to work with. Find someone at that company that you can interview on your podcast. Feature them Mm. in some way. Show something that they do well. Um, One of our other clients, one thing he did as he was building his business was to do reviews on his blog of products from other online business owners that he wanted to either work with or interview or learn from. And they, you know, they were so big at that point, they wouldn't give anybody the time of day, but he would go to their conference and write a really glowing review, honest, but glowing review of that thing or take their course and do a walkthrough blog of like, this is what I created. This is what I learned showing his audience what they could get out of it. And the point being is that like, you think that people get so big that maybe they have a team and they don't pay attention to their social media or they don't see when people tag them. They don't see when people DM them. The good ones do, right? The good Mm -hmm. ones actually respond to DMs if you aren't annoying them. Like if yes. you're actually sending a nice message or or taking the time, like like you did when you pitched me to be on this podcast, you took the time to understand, and and that's that's what it really comes down to. Um, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you put that out there. That it's it's about giving people value. It's about taking care of people and yes. engaging with them. Well, and I think that that's a really great mindset to take when you're when you're creating your next mm-hmm. podcast episode. Podcasts are for uh, nurturing people. Mm-hmm. They're for showcasing your expertise. They're for building some of that that personal um, touch, I guess, because mm-hmm. they're hearing your voice. Yeah. Um, so they can see that you're invested. It's not somebody else that's creating the content for you. So the podcast is not necessarily going to... It's not going to make sales for you. Right. It is going to attract people and allow you to nurture them further. Mm-hmm. And that will lead to the sale. So again, it's a, anything in marketing is a long game, the relationship right. yeah. building, the, all of that. It's networking. Then, oh, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned, um, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about social media and engaging with people there. And that was not one of the things that's in my mental minimum viable content marketing mm-hmm. strategy. Um, but when you're talking to your audience and you're serving your audience, you're going to ask them, where are you following me online? Where are you mm-hmm. showing up online? And then that will tell you, that will tell you exactly where you should be showing up. If you're doing, if you're spending all this time creating TikTok videos and your audience is not on TikTok, why are you doing it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, that it's it's one of those things where 
just now podcasters are starting to see, um, for instance, the power of TikTok in terms of it being a search engine. And so some podcasters are creating TikTok content just solely to bring people back to their podcast. It's one of those mm-hmm. things. Like if they can find an audience there or they can find an audience, maybe their audience is on LinkedIn. Well, then what type of content do LinkedIn users want to, to see? Um, right now we have a new client starting up who's a very successful YouTuber, has hundreds of thousands of subscribers on YouTube, but realized that, oh, this content could be used as a podcast as well. And that's an entirely different audience. So yeah. it, it helps to think about, okay, if I want to try something new, do I have the time and what am I going to get out of it? Like, what's the, what's the angle? Yes. Um, and I, d- uh, you, you sort of um, sheepishly mentioned that you script your episodes. Uh, I think that's totally fine. I scripted uh-huh. my episodes for, I think like the first 50 episodes of my podcast, because I was like, I'm going to totally forget about something. I'm not going to be able to flow through it. I, I tell people, as long as you, as long as you sound authentic, like as long as yeah. you don't sound like you're reading a script and people can tell, like immediately they can tell unless yeah. you're that, uh, I forget the name of the, that comedian that has the very dry and talks like this and, or like Ben Stein, you know, from Ferris Bueller, that type of thing, <laughs> you know, you, you gotta yeah. have some sort of excitement in your voice. Yeah. Um, so I, you have a podcast, you have a podcast, yes. the content experiment, experiment, not experience, yes. content experiment. Um, and so I want to get your take, you know, before we wrap up a little bit on podcasting in general, and maybe if you could tell us a little bit about like your podcast, why you started it and how you've used it. And maybe if, if you've worked with other um, businesses that do have podcasts as part of their marketing strategy, mm-hmm. how have they used their podcast and what effects have you all seen? Yeah, so I started my podcast because literally I surveyed my audience. (laughs) I know I keep coming back to that, but I surveyed them. I was blogging exclusively because I'm a writer. I was blogging blogging exclusively in, this was in early 2019. And um, 100% of the people I surveyed, I surveyed 24 people at the time, 100% of them said that they listened to podcasts. And so I was like, well, dang, I guess I should start a podcast. And I did in September of that year. And I have had um, more growth in my business, more engagement in my content, more feedback on what I'm talking about and what I'm saying than I ever did in all of the years before that I was mm-hmm. exclusively blogging and posting to social media. So um, that has been huge. I mean, you know, financially, my business has doubled since I started my podcast. Um, I've been able to connect with people who I wouldn't otherwise connect with, or I wouldn't otherwise ask them to get on a call with me. Um, you know, but I have a podcast that I can, Mm -hmm. you know, feature them in front of my audience. And one of the things I really like to do on my podcast too, is I, I feel like I ask all of the quote unquote, dumb questions, like the questions that people, uh, always want to know, but they're always too afraid to ask. I'm just going to ask them because I just, I just don't care. (laughs) You know, like I just, I want to know, I want my audience to know the answers to these questions. Um, the questions just feel silly. So I will ask them. Um, and yeah, I, I have, uh, clients who have podcasts that who have been able to, again, connect with people they wouldn't otherwise be able to connect with. Um, I have one client who she, 
is trying to create some big changes in the American education system. And so she's able to get on, um, have conversations with leaders in the education industry. She's able to connect with people who, you know, she wouldn't otherwise be able to connect with who can help her, you know, support her in her mission. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, you know, I, I think it's all about connections. It's been, you know, being able to connect with the right people and have those conversations and then showcase those conversations for other people who are interested in the same um, mission and goals. That's, that's helpful. Yeah. I, it, I think that really is what podcasting comes down to is, is connecting more so than any other type of content. It's, you have the chance to have some sort of relationship. Yes. Um, even if it's one-sided, right? People get to know you. They, mm-hmm. when you say you ask the dumb questions, they, they're, um, they feel closer to you. They feel uh, a little bit vulnerable with you as you're being vulnerable. And and you yes. can't see, you know, video is video, but video always to me seems to look a little overproduced because people know they're people can see them with a podcast. They can't see you they can sort of hear into your soul and I, I think that's i think that's a good way to put it that connection um yeah <clears throat> you've been podcasting for a little while now uh i think it's always helpful so you say you asked the dumb questions were there were there any things as as you got started that were growing pains for you did you have any like really terrible moments with podcasting. Um, I love for people to share that so that they see like even people that got started and got going had these moments where they had trouble. Well, I mean, I think coming up with a name for your podcast, I mm-hmm. think is really difficult. My podcast started as Stories in Small Business mm-hmm. and I like totally did not live up to the title of the podcast. I wanted to tell stories of how people grew in their business, but then I realized that there's so many people out there who are already doing that. And I wanted to really focus on the marketing piece. Um, So, but I just started it because Mm -hmm. if I wasn't going to start it, then it would have sat on the back burner forever. I think that that's kind of, you know, we have this perfectionism syndrome where we want everything to be perfect. Um, I went through a period, so I write my own show notes, um, and my own social media posts. I didn't always, I actually had somebody do that for me early in 2021 and, um, it didn't work out. And I felt really disconnected personally from, um, from what I was creating. And Mm -hmm. so that was kind of a growing pain for me realizing, and that's, and that's because like, this is what I do for clients too. So I felt like I needed to take that back for myself. Um, other things. So I actually edit, I am not an audio editor, but I do edit my own solo episodes because I record in audacity and I just edit as I go. So when I mess up, I delete that. And then I start again from that point, I have an editor for my guest episodes because I know I can't do that myself. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it's just, yeah, a lot of little things, figuring out the direction of the podcast, what I really want to focus on. I think um, depending on, and I've, I have actually found this with clients, depending on the topic and the audience of your podcast, I think mm. coming up with guests, uh, finding guests sometimes can be a challenge, um, especially if you're really married to a specific um uh, I guess 
um, production schedule as in like, I want the first episode of every month to be on this topic and the second of every episode to be on this kind of topic or this general area. It's really hard to do, um, you know, when you're depending on other people's schedules. So um, I try to get, so we're recording this at the beginning of February and I am recorded through the middle of May right now. Um, I I don't have them all done produced and ready to go, but I'm recorded through May through middle of May um, because I knew I wanted to get ahead and Mm. it just helps. That helps me. That goes back to what I was saying before about like blocking your schedule. So I don't have to do interviews for a while because I know that I'm good to go for, for quite a while. Uh, That's my guest episodes. My solo episodes are not, are not done. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say that. (laughs) Those are just the guest interviews. (laughs) I like, I wish I could do that. Um, Once I get through recording some of these things for our, uh, our, our website, I could maybe be into April, but I'm like, I, I still have to do that. I was, I was really impressed. I was even with Are the you guests, less impressed even, with me now. Yeah, even getting, uh, no, but even getting your interviews done and get, because having that, you can then plan things out and you can yes. see like how things fit and you can mm-hmm. maybe say, Oh, that, that guest mentioned this interesting topic. Like you've done today. I was like, Oh, I should totally do an episode after this episode that talks about what we hit in that little moment. Yeah. You can guide your own content that way sometimes. And, and yes. And or an or a, an audience member sends you an email asking a question about something that you mentioned in an episode six weeks ago. And then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe we should do like a three episode series. So I yeah. love that. I love that you shared that. Um, so I, I want people to get help from you if they can. Tell us like how, how, first of all, how can they get the the five day challenge? How can they sign up for that? And also just if people want to get in touch with you or listen to your podcast or whatever, where, where can they find all of that stuff? Um, so the ask your audience challenge, um, you can go to that and that's totally free. It's five days. You can, each video is, I think maybe 15 minutes. So you could probably do it in one day if you wanted to, um, you could go to the content experiment.com slash strategies. Um, to get that. And um, yeah, the content experiment is the name of the podcast as well. We're on all of the uh, platforms. So you can um, look me up there or go to the content experiment.com. Awesome. Abby, I've had a wonderful time talking to you. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me.